Hello everyone and welcome to Autism Stories where we connect you with amazing people that help autistic teens and adults become more independent and successful. I'm your host Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. I don't know if any of you listening have a bucket list, but I certainly do. One of the items on that list is one day visiting Italy. Hopefully one day I will get to visit the countryside of Italy as well as eat the delicious food that country has to offer. So if anyone knows of any really cheap flights, please let me know. I'm not much different from many people in that my bucket list has something on it relating to traveling. Many autistic people have places that they would like to travel as well, but travel can be very overwhelming. On today's episode, we talk with Katie Oswald, founder of the Autistic Travel Coach, about how autistic adults can overcome these challenges and find great personal growth through travel. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Hi, Katie. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Doug. Traveling is something that probably universally people love, love to do. In 2018, when you founded the Autistic Travel Coach, in which you coach autistic adults to achieve personal growth goals through travel, what drove you towards this mission? Well, really, uh, from my personal experience of growth that happened to me accidentally, I didn't know that I would have that experience from travel. You know, most people think of it as like going on vacation. Um, like a break from their life, uh, but it can be so much more than that, and um, I, I found that out on accident. I used to be relatively isolated. I, like, I still like to have a lot of alone time, but I started traveling and kind of going out into the world, um, and I found out it's not as overwhelming as I expected it to be. It just takes a little bit of a, you have to get outside your comfort zone a little, but maybe not so much as you would expect. So I started out by, I was doing a study abroad in Russia, so aside from Canada, which we don't count because I'm from Michigan, so it's right next door, <laughs> I counted on my official count list, but I'd say my, my first experience outside of the country was in Russia, which was a little bit different, I think, than what most people would start with, but um, that was my really my first experience with um, having to kind of... Um, accept that things aren't going to happen exactly the way that I want them to, and that that can be okay. Yep. So just to answer your original question, it just was a big personal thing for me that uh, drove me towards this mission. And you know, I started thinking over the course of I've been to all, to all seven continents, eighteen countries, and um, thinking about if I had never done this, how different my life would be, and that there are probably a lot of other autistic people out there who, I know isolation is a big problem for us, and there's so many people who this could help, but maybe just don't know. When planning to travel, there are so many things to consider that many times people don't know where to begin, and it can often become very overwhelming. So where do you start when you are thinking about planning to travel? Well, I, I love doing the research, and I love getting excited about um, a trip, and I, I don't always have a specific destination in mind, so sometimes it's fun just to explore on the internet. You know, there's so many things like 
now, but there's a lot of stuff that, you know, you can search like TripAdvisor and some others that will like take you off the beaten path. And even the social media thing where other people have gone following other travel bloggers. It's really inspiring to like think about where it's the next place you might want to go. So I kind of, I don't start with like sitting down like I have to plan this trip because that's kind of like a, a job, right? So um, I like to just have a little bit of fun with it. And I think for me and probably, I would say for a lot of us people as well, you know, I don't like to feel rushed. <laughs> so I, I don't set a date until I feel like I've, I've thought everything through and um, started planning. So I might have a, a few different places that I, I want to go and just have fun with the research and thinking about all this, the fun stuff you might see if you go to one of those places. And then kind of start looking at the details, like um, flights or bus tickets. Um, I know like for a lot of folks that I talk to, um, we don't go right for the international travel because some people aren't ready for that yet. And some people aren't ready to, to go on a flight. There's a lot of other options. So there, there can be quite a few details to think through. But I don't always go in a specific order, but I just think about where I want to go, how am I going to get there, where am I going to stay when I get there. Uh, a lot of options for that these days as well. And you don't always have to stay in a hotel. I often stay in a house. Uh, and, you know, what do I need to take? How long can I go? Um, I, there, there's a lot of, there are a lot of things to think through. But I think giving, giving yourself a long like runway to work with and not setting any dates in stone until you feel that you've thought through everything that you need to. Um, it's really the key. And it sounds like you start with just fun. Yeah. Yeah, if it's not fun, then, then I mean, <laughs> it's supposed to be fun, right? Like, for a lot of people, they, they view it as a, a, a break from their normal life. I view it as an extension of my my life. I kind of, I tend to just transport my life to different places um, for a while, and it's not so much a vacation, but um, for, I mean, it should be fun either way, so if it's not, if it's not fun, <laughs> then why, why do it, you know? So it should be fun and exciting to think about. If it's turning too much into work or a chore, you know, that's probably a good time to, to turn to somebody for help. If you're getting too overwhelmed with it, um, that's something that people can contact me for or a travel agent or just a friend who has done a lot of travel before. Now, the world isn't very sensory sensitive, and you certainly mm-hmm. can encounter that when you travel. So how much preparing that's for... Th- these sensory sensitivities should be done in anticipation for travel? Well, you should think through a little bit, and um, especially if you're going someplace, like I've gone to India and Uganda. I lived in Uganda for two years. So some of these places where you know, there's overcrowding and different cultures don't have the same view of like personal space um, and privacy that you would expect at home. Um, so certainly you should think ahead a little bit, but I think you can also overthink it. I think we're all like pretty good at overthinking stuff. <laughs> um, you know, even you can kind of psych yourself out. So I would say think about the biggest challenges you have at home and how you manage them. And, you know, take what you need with you. Take, um, 
headphones, you know, eye masks, uh, fidgets, whatever you usually need um, when you're struggling with sensory overload. Uh, but a lot of it comes down to, oh, there's a lot of stuff you can't plan for, but the way you plan your trip and the way you go about your trip is really important because there's a lot of social pressure to just be as much as you possibly can. And I tell people over and over, like, don't do it that way. Like, don't do that to yourself because you're not going to have a good time. Um, you have to plan breaks into your like if you're somewhere for a week, take a take a day off in the middle of the week just to you know relax in your room and read or sit outside and, and meditate. So of course there's always going to be sensory overwhelm and things that you can't always plan for. But I think making sure that you plan into your itinerary time off for um, you know help and, and relaxation. As you get ready to leave for your trip, then there comes for many people the dread of packing and much anxiety around doing this. What do you think can be done to reduce this anxiety? I think this all comes um, down to giving yourself a lot of time and um, preparation time as well. So for me, um, these days I just pack really light. Now I know this option isn't for everybody. Um, but I've had enough experience with trying to, you know, wheel a, a giant heavy suitcase down a train platform, you know, when I'm running late and things that are just very stressful. Uh, for me, having luggage, it seems just almost like uh, it's, it's just another thing to have to worry about. So, um, so I did two months abroad last year. I was in Australia for a month, um, in India for another month, back to back, and I went to carry on. So that's one option, and I know that's not for everybody. Some people, especially beginner travelers, um, want to take a lot of stuff with them, and what you should be focusing on is the necessities and the things that you need to feel comfortable, um, and, and, you know, for when you're feeling overwhelmed. Everything else you can get when you get there, um, but if you, and well, whether or not you do feel the need to pack heavy Make a list and do this really well in advance. Um, you can do some research based on your location and the time you're going. There's so many people with travel blogs these days. Um, so say you're going to London uh, for no, uh, the whole month of November. If you just Google what to pack for a month in London in November, like a bunch of links will pop up. And so read through a few of those and see what other people who have done that say to pack. Um, and then I would just do a practice pack. This is, I still do this, even though I'm a seasoned traveler. Make your list, pack everything, and check it off as you pack, and then see what you can take out. Um, because you're always going to pack too much, I think. So see what you can remove, um, and then repack. And I would go through that cycle a couple of times until you've got it scaled down to something manageable. Um, and do this a couple weeks in advance so you're not rushing to do the night before because um, that's going to just add another whole level of stress that you don't need. Now, if someone uh, needs to fly to their destinations, airports and flying in general can be overwhelming. What, yeah. What are some suggestions you have for autistic people when they are flying? 
we, we cover this topic a lot when I talk to folks and when I do um, workshops because I think this, this comes up more than anything else. But um, overwhelm, not just with the flight, but just being in the airport, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, there's a, it's just a horribly overwhelming environment, you know, for uh, there's noise, lights, uh, people everywhere. So that's really stressful for, I think, for everybody, but especially for uh, people on the spectrum and others with sensory challenges. So go early. Don't don't make yourself rush. Uh, before you take your, your flight, as quick days in advance, you can call your airline, you can call the airport, and there's a line for TSA CARES. Um, if, you're, if you're in the U.S., if you're a U.S. traveler, uh, and they'll be, and tell them the situation and be able to tell you what accommodations that can be made for you. So usually it's for the security line, which is one of the most stressful parts of it. Uh, for people on the spectrum, they'll let you go through a separate line um, and you can choose whether you want to do um, a pat-down or the, the machine that they make you walk through. They won't make you do both. Uh, but you do have to do one or the other. And um, I talk to your airline, too, once you book your flight, because almost all of the airlines that I've ever flown, they're all a little bit different. It's not a standard uh, way to do it, but they all will make your, try to make your flight as comfortable. Um, as it can be. Some do better than others. Some airlines will send a crew member to meet you at security and walk you to your gate. Um, most people won't go to that one. <laughs> but most will let you board before everybody else and uh, they think it's comfortable and settled in before um, the rest of the passengers come on. So I think the most important thing is if you know you're going to need help and um, accommodations that to, to talk to your airline and talk to TSA takers ahead of time. Um, some places even, some airports have a program, um, I know there's Wings for Autism and there are, I think, others, uh, that's the one that I know about, that will allow you to do a walkthrough, like a practice run before your actual flight. So there is help if you need it to at least reduce the overwhelm as much as possible. In terms of what you can do for yourself, I would say just get get to the airport early. Um, it might sound like you're getting into you know an overwhelming uh, environment and then you don't want to stay there very long. Um, but feeling rushed is always it, it always makes it more stressful. Um, and a lot of airports you can find a quiet corner. Not always, uh, but a lot of times you can find you know a space to just kind of set up camp until you're uh, ready to board your flight. So planning is pretty important. I think so. I think the, the number one thing I would say for whether it's for the flight or for anything, for the packing, um, just giving yourself enough time to not feel rushed. Now, many autistic people thrive on structure and knowing the expectations. So mm -hmm. when deciding what activities to do once you arrive at your d destination, how important is it to plan everything ahead of time? So it depends on the person. Um, I would say for me, it's, I enjoy the planning. So I always put together, I spend a lot of time putting an itinerary together. But with the expectation.
expectation that I know I'm not really going to do all those things. It takes a little bit of time to really learn how to do this, but because um, for me, even in the beginning, I would set an itinerary and I think I would think I'm going to do all of these things, and I would really be like a stickler for like following the itinerary. And unfortunately, I like missed out on you know, quite a few really, what would have been probably really good experiences um, that presented themselves um, that I, I passed on the opportunity because I was sticking to my itinerary. So um, it's hard to be able to step away from a structure that you've made for yourself. Um, but as much as possible, I would, my, my recommendation for planning activities is to uh, pick two or three like non-negotiable things ahead of time. These are your like must-do, um, and nobody will be able to talk you out of it. And that's okay. Those are things that you know you're definitely going to do when you're there. Um, and if you are somebody like me who likes to, it helps you feel um, more in control to like have an itinerary. That's fine. You know, like do all the research if it's fun for you, and put the itinerary together. But like know where your time off for relaxing is going to be, um, and know where, you know, where you, your, your uh, negotiable items are. So when you get there, you know, you're going to find stuff that you, you're not going to, it's not going to be on TripAdvisor or Google Travel, like, um, it's just not on the internet. There will be things that come up that will be fun to do, and you don't want to miss out on those opportunities. So, um, so try the best you can to be flexible. When people return from vacation, oftentimes you'll hear it said that I need a vacation to recover from my vacation. Therefore, yeah. how important is it to schedule time on your vacation to not have any activities to do at all? Yeah, that's really important. Um, what my method, and this won't work for everybody maybe, but I think for everyone on the spectrum, I think one key thing is to, when you arrive in your destination, don't rush right into activities. Um, so if your flight gets in in the morning, give yourself the rest of that day to get settled in. Um, you know, each evening, too, like I think through my activities for the next day, and um, I talked about, like, scheduling time for, like, having some downtime. Um, you know, you can kind of schedule that in between activities even. It doesn't have to be like a whole day or a half day. Um, when the evening when I'm sitting in my room, I'll look through the itinerary of things that I, I'm pretty sure I want to do the next day and look at my route on Google Maps and look at different, like, find areas where there's a park or maybe a bookshop or library or a small cafe where um, it might be some quiet space. Like, if I need to take a break, while I'm on my, on my way through the day, then I can stop up and have some time for reading or meditation or whatever it is that you do, you know, to relax. When you first, when you arrive at your destination, I would say give yourself the whole first day um, to relax. If you get in in the evening, this can be tougher because I know, like, you get um, a night's rest and then you feel, if you feel really, like, ready to go, I suppose, go ahead, but, like, just make sure you're listening to your body and you're giving yourself time to adjust and rest, and that is important throughout your trip. And I would even say, 
um, when you get home, because that is true if you have a very, like, um, most people don't have three weeks or four weeks to go um, at a leisurely pace, so um, a week vacation can feel really uh, hectic and overwhelming. So give yourself a new when you get home, too, before you have to go back to work or go back to your responsibilities to rest and recover. I, I know it might not be possible sometimes, but do you try to intentionally schedule your flight so you'll arrive at your destination in the morning? I don't, but I mean, that's definitely something that you can do. And I, I often try to go, for, I, I shot one for price and direct. Uh, I think having a direct flight, um, non-stop flight for if you're on the spectrum is really good. <laughs> I've had a lot of layovers and sometimes that, that can be a lot, that can be a lot to manage. So, um, I don't deliberately schedule my flights for the morning, but I also have, um, I do the kind of work where I don't have to like request time off. I can do all my work remotely. So I also have the luxury of being able to stay in one place for a month or more. And I know not everybody has that. So I don't have the same concerns with, like, it's okay for me to, like, get to a place and rest for a day or two even before I go and do things. So if you don't have that luxury, and I know a lot of people don't, then you may want to be more deliberate about, you know, what time you get in and where your, when, when your breaks are going to be. And you may be more likely to schedule them here and there throughout the day rather than a whole day off. I know the idea of travel can be scary because it brings about change, but why would you encourage more autistic people to travel? Well, I can say that it, you will learn stuff about yourself that you didn't know and that you are not likely to learn in your day-to-day -day life. Something about taking yourself out of your um, present situation um, the culture you live in, and placing yourself in a new environment, it helps you notice things about yourself and learn about yourself in ways that you just wouldn't otherwise. So I mentioned earlier that I, I've been pretty isolated, you know, in my younger years, and um, I actually ended up doing Peace Corps in Uganda um, after I started traveling a little bit, um, and doing that, I, I learned so much about what I'm capable of, and one thing I noticed was I, I run a meetup group for adults on the autism spectrum as well, and I think that a lot of us underestimate ourselves um, because we're often not in environments where we can thrive, um, and so learning, you know, I, so that for me that was that environment. So I think that that's the, the importance of travel is you're getting into new environments. And you're going to find out a lot more about what you're capable of and where your passion lies and where your strengths are that you have to offer. Um, and you'll have more opportunities based on that. Mm -hmm. Well, Katie, uh, I hope um, that this will encourage more people to travel. Um, you're, you've inspired me to think about doing some research about where I want to travel next. So, um, well, great. thanks for the conversation today. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people who are overwhelmed too, like, you don't have to start with something big. I often tell people to uh, be a tourist in your own town or 
or somewhere near your town that can be a good first step if it's someone who hasn't traveled before and you're scared. It's okay to be scared, but you just have to take the first step. So, um, And people can find me at my, my website is autistictravelcoach.com. Um, I haven't been updating it much lately because I'm more focused on some nonprofit programs that I've been working on, but you can certainly um, learn more about how I can help and schedule a free consultation if um, folks are interested in that. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and thank you to Katie for the conversation. While you may not be taking an international trip anytime soon like Katie has done so often, that doesn't mean travel isn't an option today or even tomorrow. Like Katie mentioned, you can explore your community. Stepping out of your comfort zone and going somewhere new can definitely be very scary, but it's also going to be how you can really grow. To make it less scary, come up with a plan which should include learning the expectations, setting a goal for this experience as well as decreasing the likelihood of sensory overload. Did you know so often autistic teens and adults struggle with anxiety and as a result don't have success in their lives? Autism Personal Coach is a unique service in that we help our clients by working on meaningful individualized goals at their home or in the community so anxiety is greatly reduced and as a result they can become more independent and successful. To get an autism coach for a loved one or yourself to achieve your goals or dreams, it's very easy. All you have to do is email autismpersonalcoach at yahoo.com or call 216-336-5889 and request a coach today. On the next episode of Autism Stories, we will talk with Jillian Nelson about educating the world of the experiences of autistic people. Talk to you then. Just like